SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Happy Monday! Welcome to the Morning After on Sports Grid. You're listening on Sirius XM Channel 204, and I'm your host, Ariel Epstein, taking you through the next three hours here on Sirius XM. I cannot believe that it took this long for the NFL to wake up. It's back from the dead. I feel like watching The Undertaker come out from his casket because the NFL has been super quiet. This morning, we're not only hearing about Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers saga, which, by the way, the Packers are apparently holding a meeting with its shareholders this morning. We also got an update from the Texans-ish quarterback, Deshaun Watson. We're going to get to that. We've got Major League Baseball recaps to get to. The Olympics have been going on all weekend. And the director of training at the FanDuel Sportsbook, John Churn, will join us as he does every Monday to break things down from the sportsbook perspective. What I cannot wait to see is if John Sheeran does put up any kind of odds regarding the status of Deshaun Watson. Where is he going next? Is he staying in Houston? Is he going to get traded? Does the team even want to take on Deshaun Watson because of all his off-the-field issues? He's not on the exempt list. Yet Watson and the Texans are going to have a really high asking price. Hearing around five top draft picks, who's going to want to give that up for someone that may not even be allowed to play this year? My co-host Ben Stevens joining me now. Ben, good morning to you. And I'm so excited because we have NFL talk to actually talk about. That's brand new information. Ariel, training camp getting underway all around the National Football League, and the drama is picking up once again. Not just who is reporting and who will be at camp, but who might be on the move as well. And two of the biggest quarterback names in all the league, a lot of the drama has circulated around those two names, Aaron Rodgers and then this morning, Deshaun Watson as well. We saw some Instagram stories from the Green Bay Packers over the weekend. We now have trade reports or at least rumors surrounding Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson reporting to Houston Texans training camp yesterday to avoid any fines still was adamant he did not want to play for Houston this year now you throw in some trade speculation and like you mentioned there one of the biggest questions a black cloud surrounding Deshaun Watson is his off the field issues 22 civil suits filed against Deshaun Watson for proposed sexual assault Two criminal cases being investigated by the Houston police. The NFL also doing their own investigation. No ruling yet on Deshaun Watson's future for this year. If he will be able to play, this could be a very prolonged process. As we have seen time and again with the NFL, they like to let the courts do their actual justice before they make a ruling as well. So, so much goes in to these Deshaun Watson notifications, all the negotiations surrounding him. But the NFL drama is back, Ariel. What a way to welcome back ourselves here on the morning after on a Monday. And the NFL remains king once again. The crazy thing is the sports books have been telling us for the last few months that the Texans are not going to be good this year. That said, it's implying that Deshaun Watson's not going to be part of this team. When you have the Texans up as the team to have the worst record in the NFL this year at 2-1, to one, the second best odds go to the Lions at 4-1, to one, it's telling me all I need to know. 
The sportsbooks are not high on Terod Taylor. They're not high on this team without Deshaun Watson. And granted, even though last year the Texans weren't a favorite to win their division, they still weren't ruled as the worst team in the NFL because they had Deshaun Watson. With a, t- with a player like Watson, it's very tough to say that a number one quarterback or a top-tier quarterback is going to be the reason that a team would have the worst odds on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Welcome to our Sports Grid Radio audience. It's the first hour here on the morning after Sirius XM Channel 204. The Mightier 1090 on the West Coast joining us now with Ben Stevens. I'm Ariel Epstein. Talking about Deshaun Watson and the news coming out this morning, NFL Network did report this. The Texans are now willing to listen and have been for some time to trade offers for the star quarterback Deshaun Watson. The price is high. For a player of his caliber, it should be. It's likely going to take three first-round picks and more. They're looking for around five top draft picks. Pelissero of NFL Network's Tom Pelissero reported when Watson came to camp Sunday, Watson was respectful, but his demeanor re- uh, reiterated he doesn't want to be in Houston. The question is, is a team going to step up for him? And Watson would also have to waive his no-trade clause. All that said, Ben, how much do you believe that a team's going to be willing to jump in on Watson and trade for him? Well, that really remains to be the question. I'm sure a lot of teams that are in constant communication with the Houston Texans are also communicating with the NFL League office to see what the future might be on Deshaun. If he is able to play this year, how these legal ramifications off the field for Deshaun will be able to affect his on-field availability. Because if you are going to give up that haul, and for his talent alone, Deshaun Watson is certainly worth that haul. But if you are going to give up three first-round picks, five top draft picks. You want to make sure that the quarterback you have is there for the future and for the immediate present to help your football team. When you look on the FanDuel Sportsbook right now in the betting markets, this news doesn't really affect the Houston Texans. They have the lowest team win total posted on FanDuel right now at four. Again, I will say with the gracious nature of it, the over has the juice at minus 130, but they also have the longest odds of any team to win any divisional market right now on FanDuel. The Texans to win the AFC South plus 2,700. So this news doesn't affect the Houston Texans. If Deshaun is even traded, those odds will stay the same, if not even get a little bit lower without the possibility of Deshaun suiting up and being the starting quarterback for the Texans this year. What it does affect is what potential team might be available for the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes in Ariel, as he always loves when we do. I can't wait to present possible new betting markets for the FanDuel training director, John Sheeran. First off, I knew you were going to say that about the win totals. At least the juice is on the over. Optimism, as always, from Ben Stevens, talking about juice to the over on win totals being the marker for a fan base's uh, optimism. Coming up next, we're going to talk Major League Baseball. We'll get to this uh, Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Watson saga coming up a little bit later this hour. Baseball happened over the weekend, and we're going to recap it from a gambling perspective. Up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
We're back on the morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM Channel 204 with Ben Stevens. I'm Ariel Epstein. In Major League Baseball yesterday, it was the day of underdogs, where the underdogs went 8-6 and six straight up. One of the dogs that did not prevail, well, that was the New York Yankees. The Yankees end up losing 5-4 to the Red Sox. In the Jewish religion, this game could be called an oy The Yankees had a no-hitter through seven innings. Herman, Domingo Herman, the Yankees starter, threw a no-no. And guess what? The Yankees still lost. They were up 4 nothing going into the eighth inning, and the Yankees allowed five runs in the eighth. It was capped off by the Red Sox center fielder, Kike Hernandez, who scored the go-ahead run in the bottom of the eighth. And Hernandez said, well, his team never lost hope. Things weren't looking great. And uh, when AC went up to the mound and he took he took uh, Yaxel out of the game and he brought in JT, he said, uh, he said to us, if, uh, if JT gets out of this inning, we're winning this game. And uh, next inning, the hitting still went the same. And But, you know, you trust what AC says. He, 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 a lot of times he, he sees things before they happen, and, he, you know, you just go with it. And if he says that we're going to win this game, it's, uh, it's probably going to happen. And, uh, you know, they, they, they score one more. But, uh, you know, we, we, we've said it many times. We're, we're not out of a, out of a game till the game's over, and uh, we, we proved that today. Hernandez should give that life lesson to the Yankees. It's not over until it's over, and they should know that because the great Yogi Berra said that quote. Ben, another horrendous loss for the New York Yankees. Well, Kike Hernandez almost did give that life lesson to the New York Yankees the day prior because on Saturday at Fenway Park, Nathan Avaldi had a shutout going against the Yankees into the top of the eighth. He was down to his final strike in that inning before the Yankees rallied, came back to take a 4-3 lead, and won that game on Saturday against the Boston Red Sox in what seemed like it might be a turnaround moment for the Yankees, a way to build some momentum. Every bounce in their game went that way for the pinstripes on Saturday. So then to quickly have it go the other way on Sunday, Domingo Herman, a no-hitter going into the eighth, up 4 nothing in the Red Sox rally for a 5-4 win. Another very devastating loss for the New York Yankees. And what was a time that seemed things might be turning around to a positive way, flip back to the negative very, very quickly on Sunday. And Ariel, you brought it up. You could call that loss in Oive. That needs to be a new segment here on the morning after for any bad beats that might arise in Oive or devastating losses. I like the idea there. We'll workshop it. We can get some sound effects. You know that's how we do it here on the morning after. But Ariel, we did see movement within the American League East divisional odds this weekend based off this series at Fenway Park between the Red Sox and the Yankees. By the way, Boston has New York's number this year, 10-3 and in the season series in one of the most bitter rivalries in all of sports. But the Red Sox, who were minus money favorites entering the weekend, now even money at plus 100. The Rays' odds, the second shortest, getting shorter by the moment in the AL East, plus 115. The Yankees, on the other hand, to win the American League East, those have got even longer in the past 48 hours, now plus 1,400 to win the AL East, plus 1,900 to win the American League. So a devastating loss for New York on Sunday that has ramifications in the betting markets right now, Ariel. Another trend to keep an eye on in Yankees-Red Sox series, 
The Yankees have only scored over four runs against the Red Sox in two out of their 14 games this year. If you continue to bet a team total under on four runs for the Yankees against the Red Sox, it's been one of the most profitable ways to bet the series. The Red Sox were minus 135 in that game yesterday. The total was 11, so it stays under. The Red Sox do end up cashing as the home favorites. Last night, we also saw that the two-way player for the Angels, Shohei Otani, has continued to swing a hot bat. He now leads Major League Baseball with 35 home runs hitting his 35th yesterday. The Angels do beat the Twins 6-2. They were plus 108 road underdogs, the Angels were. At least for Otani, Ben, his team actually won on a game that he hit a home run. That was my favorite thing, too. So I saw the tweet. We put it in the rundown, and then I was like, what was the final score? And it was good to see the Angels winning that game over the Twins 6-2 because oftentimes, as we say here, when Shohei Otani does something cool and you see an Otani highlight, do not check the score bug yesterday. Beneficial and positive for the Angels winning 6-2 over the Twins. No movement in the American League MVP market. Shohei Otani still the heavy odds-on favorite at minus 290. But another thing we need to bring up with John Sheeran, Ariel, is you used to be able to parlay two individual awards on the FanDuel Sportsbook, an MVP with a Cy Young. And despite the fact we have odds on favorite across the board in all four individual awards you see on FanDuel right now, the two MVPs and the two Cy Youngs, you can't parlay them anymore. So I was still looking for value on Shohei Otani. There does not seem to be that right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. The Angels getting the win back above 500 in their record so far this year. And Shohei Otani, as you saw on the graphic there, 17 of his 35 home runs, nearly half of them with an exit velo of 110 miles per hour or greater. So not only is he hitting home runs, he is smashing these things out of the ballpark. The fastest to hit 35 home runs in the American League since Chris Davis did so in 2013. So Shohei Otani continues to be prolific, continues to be profitable at times when you are backing the Angels. No profit right now in the American League MVP market, at least from a value perspective. And again, leading the Major League Baseball in 35 home runs with that being hit. Shohei Otani also on the bump today against the Colorado Rockies at home in Anaheim, where Shohei is very, very good so far this season. You know, it gave me the idea when you were talking about this because I have all these different things snapshotted. Most regular season home runs. Mike Trout was the leader preseason to have the most regular season home runs at 12 to 1. I'm looking down this list to see where Otani falls. And I'm still going. It, I, I don't even know if Otani is on this list. I mean, I'm looking at all these top notch players. I'm going to have to really dive in and try not to waste too much time on this, but I'm looking through this list right now, Ben, and I do not see Shohei Otani on the list to lead the majors as the preseason MLB home run leader. It was his teammate, Mike Trout, at 12-1. That's pretty crazy to think about where Shohei Otani is right now. I don't really remember the thought about Shohei. He's always been a very notable player because of his two-way ability. Maybe we thought that would start to lessen about if he was going to be pitching and hitting. There wouldn't be as prolific numbers with what Shohei is doing at the dish. But if you would have given me pretty good odds on Shohei, it seems like right now, and yes, recency bias is certainly a thing, but he is not only, again, hitting home runs, but crushing home runs and leading Major League Baseball by a couple of home runs now with 35. Shohei struggled a little bit coming out of the All-Star break. I think he only has two or three home runs since returning in the 10 games since Major League Baseball has got back from the All-Star break. But he was striking out a decent amount, too. But now it seems like he is flipping the script. 
hitting home runs, doing what consistently needs to be done for the Angels. And it was good in the win column this weekend, Ariel, against the Minnesota Twins. The Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim once again above 500 this season. At least they're above 500. Doesn't mean that we're going to see them in the playoffs anytime soon, despite having the two best players probably in baseball, even though one has been injured all year. Otani was 50-1 to on February 25th to win the MVP. Over the weekend, we did also have a trade, and it was a pretty big one. Uh, it was a name coming over from the Pittsburgh Pirates. The Padres do acquire the second baseman and outfielder Adam Frazier from Pittsburgh, the second longest tenured player for the Pirates. Our intern Jack is not here today. He probably is really upset about this move. Frazier leads baseball in hits this year. He's not a free agent until 2022, and he entered Sunday hitting three. 327 on this season, Ben. A National League All-Star starter was Adam Frazier. He also leads Major League Baseball in multi-hit games this year, the third lowest swing and miss rate of all individual players in Major League Baseball. He's only the third player in the modern era, Ariel, to be traded at the deadline, having led Major League Baseball in hits. So the Padres certainly adding a very utility bat to their lineup. He can play all over the field, and the Padres need it. Five and a half games back now of the San Francisco Giants in the NL West, the third longest odds at plus 500 to win the NL West, but still the second shortest odds to win the NL at plus 450. Adam Frazier adding a huge offensive component to that San Diego Padre lineup. The Padres still the bigger disappointment of the National League. A lot of people are really excited about what the Padres were able to do closing out the year last year. They've played the Dodgers tough, yet still in third place at the National League West. Stay here on The Grid. We're going to talk more NFL coming up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. After on Sports Grid, Sirius XM Channel 204 with Ben Stevens. I'm Ariel Epstein. The NFL has been heating up with drama. We touched on it at the top of the hour where Deshaun Watson is going to potentially get traded. It just depends on if a team is willing to give up anywhere from three to five top draft picks for him. The other news that broke this morning the Green Bay Packers are actually holding a meeting. It was the Packers president, Mark Murphy, and the general manager, Brian Gunnikoons. Uh, I don't know how to say that right. Okay, I'm the worst. That's what I thought. Okay. Are scheduled to address the annual meeting of shareholders today at 11 a.m. local time, Green Bay time at Lambeau Field. This meeting could be, uh, I mean, they left it pretty big. The meeting could be just a routine meeting that they're blowing up because they want likes on their tweets. Or this could be about something even deeper. Maybe Aaron Rodgers not returning. Aaron Rodgers getting traded. Aaron Rodgers coming back. I don't think it's the latter. I have a feeling Aaron Rodgers may not even play in the NFL this year, Ben. So here's what we need to establish about this meeting. It is the annual shareholders meeting. And of course, Green Bay, given their public nature of their franchise, this is something they do right around kickoff of training camp just to kind of be out there, have a public facing thing. But obviously, a lot of questions will be about number 12 and Aaron Rodgers' future in Green Bay. 
I don't expect Brian Gutenkust or Mark Murphy to announce anything huge today, but there has been tons, and I mean tons, of speculation about the Green Bay Packers starting quarterback Aaron Rodgers and really their star wide receiver Devontae Adams dating back to Friday and then throughout the weekend. Of course, Ariel on Saturday, that drama-filled league really sparked up with both Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams taking to their Instagram stories to share out a photo of Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen from the last dance, maybe alluding to the idea that it could be one more trip around the sun for those two studs in Green Bay, trying to end it with a championship in what might be their final year. We also saw across the weekend a lot of sports books taking down the odds on Aaron Rodgers or having some idea that Aaron Rodgers might be retiring. In fact, right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook, the make-miss playoff odds for the Green Bay Packers are not up there. And we have seen tons of movement, which we will discuss in the NFL futures market as it pertains to the Green Bay Packers and the fallout of what it might mean for their divisional opponents and within the NFC overall. So things to monitor as we go throughout this week and what might happen with Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers. Things to keep an eye on, certainly. The MVP odds around Aaron Rodgers, the divisional odds around the Green Bay Packers, the NFC odds, Super Bowl odds, all of that good stuff. But there has been tons of drama. Will we hear about Aaron Rodgers' future today between Brian Gutenkus and Mark Murphy? Certainly. Will it be any huge statement? I'm not entirely sure at this annual shareholders meeting today in Green Bay. Rodgers still has the second best odds on the FanDuel Sportsbook to win MVP. He's at 10 to 1, while the first odds go to Mahomes at 5 to 1 for the shortest odds on the board. Yet, when you look to the Colorado Sportsbook on FanDuel, you're able to see the next team for Aaron Rodgers to go to. I'm surprised, Ben, they haven't thrown a nun up there or retirement up there because currently you only get the teams. Broncos minus 105, tied with the Packers at minus 105. The Raiders have the next best odds at plus 750, then the Browns at 14 to 1, which is really weird. If anything, I could see the Saints and the Patriots or the Texans over any of those teams, but those teams have way longer odds. Now, when it comes to all the movement in the marketplace, whether it's between the Houston Texans moving the most because of Deshaun Watson or the Packers moving the most because of Aaron Rodgers, it's tough to get a good grasp on because Rodgers at one point we thought was returning very early in the year, whereas the Watson situation, those trade rumors came out very, very early. Ben, who would you say has moved the market the most? It's definitely Aaron Rodgers because the Texans are going to not be great even if Deshaun Watson decides to play for them this year. Their team win total is at four. I don't really see it going much higher than that, even with Deshaun Watson there, just based on some of the limitations on Houston's roster. There is value on the Green Bay Packers right now if and when Aaron Rodgers returns. Their team win total at 8.5, plus 150 to win the NFC North. This is a team with Aaron Rodgers that was almost winning a Super Bowl or getting to the Super Bowl last year with him under center. We're going to continue NFL talk. We're going to welcome in our MSG audience in about 15 seconds. Welcome to our MSG audience here in the first hour of the morning after on Sports Grid. We're also on Sirius XM Channel 204 with Ben Stevens. I'm Ariel Epstein. We were just talking about the Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Watson saga. Yet in New York, the New York teams also have to deal with a few issues. Not overly concerned about this yet. 
However, for the Giants, the New York Giants need their their Pro Bowl running back back, and that's Saquon Barkley. Barkley tore his ACL week two or three of last season, and he is going to start the year on the physically unable to perform list, yet he is making progress, according to reports. He's eligible, eligible to be activated at any point and continues to progress in the offseason, yet Barkley going to start on the pup, so it's not surprising for someone that tore his ACL. However, Ben, the Giants are really going to want to have their pro bowler back considering they still are booked as the third best team in this division they have the third best odds at plus four plus 440 to win at the nfc and let's start there because it's an interesting discussion right now around the new york giants of where you might be able to find that best value on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Obviously, Saquon Barkley being back and healthy makes the Giants a much bigger contender to win the NFC East division right now. But plus 440 to win the NFC East, in my mind, is probably the best value, just a peg above where the Washington football team finds themselves at plus 270. I don't think there's value on the Dallas Cowboys just because of how short those odds are and how questionable the defense might be in Dallas this year. Also, Dak Prescott returning from an ankle injury suffered last year. How effective will he be under center for the Dallas Cowboys? As we focus on the New York Giants and Saquon Barkley getting back, some pup issues around the roster, physically unable to perform list, that would be the pup for the New York Giants heading into this training camp. But nothing about Saquon Barkley in these reports right now is overly concerning. I expect him to be there healthy and ready to go by the time we get to that week one opener for the Giants at the start of the 2021 NFL season. But they're plus 440 to win the NFC East right now. Good value. The make or miss playoff odds on the FanDuel Sportsbook. The yes has the plus money at plus 230. The no, the heavy juice at minus 300. I would not touch that market if I wanted to back the New York Giants because I only think the one way the Giants make the playoffs this year is to win the NFC East or NFC Least division. So when you're getting plus 440 to do that, as opposed to plus 230 to make the playoffs, I wouldn't touch that number. Focus on the divisional odds. That's where the value is on the New York Giants. And that value, once Saquon Barkley returns healthy, only goes up when you have Saquon back a part of this offense. I'm looking at the make the playoff odds at plus 230. I think that's really good odds for the Giants to have a shot at winning this division. I'm not overly convinced that the Cowboys are the best team in the NFC East. I could see the Giants' defense staying consistent like it did last year as a top-10 defensive unit. Then you add in your pro bowler running back, Saquon Barkley again, plus you're going to get a wide receiver, number one wide receiver in Kenny Galladay. I'm all for this Giants team. I could see them being very undervalued in the marketplace. Up next, we also have to talk about the Jets because they have not signed their rookie quarterback yet, Zach Wilson. There's three unsigned first-round picks. Wilson's one of them, along with Trey Lance and Rashawn Slater. I don't know what the Jets are waiting for, considering they need their quarterback. Their quarterback has to show up to training camp. He's a rookie. Nonetheless, you've got to get your quarterback feeling good, settled in, no need to cause any drama. If you're the Jets and you feel Wilson is your quarterback of the future, sign him for whatever he wants. You need it. The Jets, enough of you. You need to get better. And you need to make sure that the team that's there for you and the players there for you, that they're happy to be there. Don't start things off on the wrong foot with Zach Wilson. The number two overall pick unsigned at the moment. The number three overall pick in Trey Lance unsigned at the moment, as is Rashawn Slater, the offensive tackle selection for the Los Angeles Chargers, number 13 overall. Not overly concerned by any means that Zach Wilson is not signed at this point. 
but we have gone through rookie minicamp. We have gone through minicamp itself, OTAs. And now as the Jets get ready for that training camp, and rookies have already reported they did that last Thursday, you want to make sure that Zach Wilson signs the dotted line. One less thing for a rookie quarterback to worry about in the NFL is his contract and his paycheck. So make sure that he is comfortable with whatever it has for the future of that New York Jets franchise. And then he can just have all of his attention on learning Mike LaFleur's playbook and taking full command of that New York Jets offense. You look at the Jets team win total. It's at six, a pretty small number. Their odds to win the AFC East plus 2100. I don't expect the New York Jets to really factor into that divisional race. I think the number set by the FanDuel Sportsbook at six for their team win total is very, very fair. As I like to say, Ariel, the over has the juice at minus 115, although the under is minus 105. So not tremendous juice there by any means. But if you're looking at the New York Jets this year, obviously it all starts with Zach Wilson. He is the future. He will be the president. He will be the starting quarterback for New York this year in the first year of the new era of Robert Salah. So all things to take in mind. But again, I think that contract will be signed here very shortly. You just hope to get that off the plate. So that one distraction, if it would be that at all, is away from Zach Wilson as he looks forward to his rookie season in the NFL. You keep beating me to it. I keep wanting to make fun of you for this, but the juice is on the over line. Uh, yeah, Jets win total is at six. Bad. Jets to make the playoffs plus 490. Not as long as I thought that they would be, yet the Jets to win their division is like 21 to 1 or 27 to 1, something crazy like that. The Jets win total just being two wins above the Houston Texans who are unsure of their quarterback situation. Uh, that's uh, also also a win lower than last year. The Jets were at seven, seven and a half last year. You're adding in another game, and you're still saying this team's going to be worse than last season. I don't know if Jets fans can take it. But the best part about going to the Meadowlands on a Sunday and working there is you get to watch all the Jets fans pile in at halftime to the FanDuel Sportsbook. They don't stay. They go to the Meadowlands, they get drunk, they go to the Jets game, they watch their team lose the first half, and then they head over to FanDuel and they bet and watch the rest of the games that are probably better than the one they were live in person watching. Coming up next, Director of Trading at the FanDuel Sportsbook, John Sheeran. Stay here on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM Channel 204 with Ben Stevens. I'm Ariel Epstein. Joining us as he does every Monday morning, the director of trading at the FanDuel Sportsbook, John Sheeran. John, we got some breaking news this morning when it came to Deshaun Watson and potentially getting traded in addition to Aaron Rodgers and there being a meeting this morning, which we shouldn't overreact to. This meeting happens every year. When it comes to Watson, with the trade pieces potentially falling into place, John, I know on the Colorado FanDuel Sportsbook, you do have Aaron Rodgers' next team odds up. How about a Deshaun Watson market? Yeah, I mean, there's no reason uh, why we, we couldn't look at where Deshaun Watson ends up. Obviously, um, the fact that they look, they're actively now seeking to trade him. I think he's planned to report today, but obviously 
just wants to avoid the 50k a day fine. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's something we can definitely look at and see if we can get a market up on where he might end up. John, don't you love it? Monday morning, right away, first question, we ask for a new betting market. I know that makes you very happy when you come on for the morning after, but I was going to ask about those reports. As we're getting into training camp, and Adam Schefter and Tom Pelissero and Ian Rappaport and all the NFL breaking news guys are starting to release those tweets, and you see things like over the weekend, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams sharing the same Instagram story of the last dance. How much does the FanDuel Sportsbook take those things into account when they update the future markets? Yeah, I mean, the new information that we have when we price it so far, we're actively in situation trying to get any bit of snippet of news that we've is uh, justified. And, and yeah, we absolutely do change some of our odds based on what we see, particularly from those sources that you mentioned, because you know, over time they've proved to be really, really reliable. So we'd be foolish not to incorporate it. When it comes to the quarterback that you've seen the most movement on, whether it's Watson or Rodgers, who would you say you've moved the market more on? Um, I think there's more uncertainty around Rodgers. With everything going on with Deshaun Watson, I think we've kind of come to a conclusion that we wouldn't expect to see him as a Houston Texan this year anyway. So uh, a lot of their markets are already priced in with no Deshaun Watson available. Obviously, we saw how badly they struggled last year with him. Uh doesn't look to be getting any better for the Texan fans anytime soon. So uh, don't expect much from them. Uh, when it comes to Aaron Rodgers, obviously, there's a lot of debate. A lot of people have different opinions. You know, we saw some breaking news at the, towards the end of last week that there's potential rumors that he might look to retire, uh, some of which we've heard from Wisconsin itself. So I think there's some credence in it. I just don't know what sort of hand Aaron Rodgers is playing at this stage. John, right now in the FanDuel Sportsbook, the Green Bay Packers team win total is eight and a half. Their odds to win the NFC North are now tied with the Minnesota Vikings for the shortest odds at plus 150. If slash when Aaron Rodgers confirms that he will be playing quarterback for the Green Bay Packers this year, how quickly do you expect those markets to look a little bit different with the Aaron Rodgers news? Yeah, immediately. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers, the amount of time, the way that it's gone, I think a lot of Everyone's odds, not just FanDuel's odds, uh, incorporate some degree of probability Aaron Rodgers will not be a Green Bay Packer this season. Should that view change and he confirmed that, then obviously the Green Bay Packers will be a strong favorite to win the division once more. John, here's what intrigues me so much about this, because you mentioned with the Texans, you assumed Deshaun Watson wasn't playing for them anyway. For the Packers, you've already had the win totals out, you've had the division odds out, Super Bowl, etc., Win totals intrigues me the most because these divisional rivalries are going to play each other twice this year. How much does it impact the other teams in the NFC North if Aaron Rodgers does not play for the Packers? I mean, the exact same amount as it does them. They obviously get a much better chance of, you know, winning that division. They become, you know, strong favorites in each of those matchups, home and away, without Aaron Rodgers. I think everybody would expect that to be the case. I think they're a two, two and a half point underdog at home against the New Orleans Saints in week one. I mean, that will be a touchdown if Aaron Rodgers doesn't line up for Green Bay. So all of those other teams that you mentioned all benefit from Aaron Rodgers retiring or going somewhere else for sure. And you could certainly look at the flip side of that and think maybe right now is a good time to dive in and get some value on the Green Bay Packers You're being too if optimistic. and when Aaron Rodgers comes back. Maybe. Maybe a little bit too optimistic, but I still think number 12 lines up on the center Do you own the Packers or anything? I have a feeling that I might. stock in Green Bay Packers. I'm 
I mean, all the people own the Packers. They're the team of the people. So maybe I do, and I'm saying this with a little inclination. I don't actually think so. We'll wait to see what Mark Murphy and Brian Gutenkunst say today at that annual shareholders meeting. But, John, as training camp across the league now is ramping up and you're having teams report and rookies report, are you seeing any uptick on the FanDuel Sportsbook in NFL future betting? Yeah, quite a bit. I think we said it last week. Once we got the NBA Finals out of the way, obviously regular season baseball, the Olympics is a little bit of a distraction, but now people are starting to really hone in and focus on on the NFL upcoming season. I think, you know, we're a couple of weeks away from preseason and, you know, everyone's starting to get the appetite back for football. I for sure can't wait for it. And, you know, we're seeing that reflected in the interest and the betting that's starting to come in in the last week or so. John Sheeran, director of training at the FanDuel Sportsbook, joining us here in the morning after. John, when it comes to the Olympics, as you just mentioned, a little bit of a distraction. Where does the Olympic handle weigh with the other big sports going on? I mean, it's so disjointed, it's hard to kind of accumulate it and compare it to another sport because obviously there's so much action going on, so many different events concurrently, and it's kind of hard from a time zone perspective and a TV coverage uh, to kind of consume it as best you can. So... I think it's been a little bit disjointed. I think it's been a little bit disappointing in terms of interest. But given the times on the challenges of viewing it, uh, I'm not that really surprised about it, to be honest. Um, but it's you know still a meaningful event. It's still obviously once every four years or five years, depends on what COVID does. But um, yeah, it's um, it's for sure interesting, but maybe not the kind of betting phenomenon you might expect it to be. John, if there was anything that I think probably garnered some action, it might have been Team USA men's basketball Olympic opener yesterday morning against France. Of course, Team USA upset, losing 83-76, to snapping a 25-game Olympic winning streak. How did that result look for the FanDuel Sportsbook? Yeah, as you can imagine, pretty good. Um, obviously, the U.S. had struggled in the first two prelim games and then finished off strong against Spain and Argentina. But, yeah, clearly issues going on there. That was a pretty... You know, I think they were up five, five or six points with four minutes to go and to lose by six or seven the way they did, I think is, you know, really disappointing for the caliber of player that was on the court. Um, yeah, Evan Fournier gave them a bit of a lesson down the stretch and uh, that was a really welcome result for the FanDuel Sportsbook for sure. In the futures market, currently Group A winner odds have France now as the favorite at minus 520, Team USA at 4-1. to one. How much of a liability is Team USA for the book in the futures market for men's basketball? Not really a lot, Ariel, just given the prohibitive odds um, that the U.S. team were. I mean, it's very hard for us to build up liability when you're as strong a favorite as Team USA were. Um, in fact, probably more likely that people did take a pot shot against them. And, you know, we'll end up making a wash out of it if France go on and win it, just given the prelim results, I think, prompted people to try and oppose the U.S. in, in the futures market and the, in the gold and also in the group. John, outside of Team USA basketball, has there been a sport throughout the Olympics so far that has garnered most of the handle or the action that you've seen? Uh, I think swimming is one that we were talking about it here already this morning. It's just a really good watch, and you know, I think people hone in on it. We've got a lot of high-profile names, relatively speaking, when it comes to the Olympics. So, yeah, I think that's been the one so far that people have kind of centered in on. Uh, but it's difficult, just time zones kind of lead um, people into whatever they're picking up and consuming either first thing in the morning or later in the evening at nighttime when it's uh, morning time in Japan. So a little bit of uh, a domino effect from the schedule, I think. 
John, switching over to the NBA, the NBA draft is on Thursday night. Ben Stevens going to be hosting the coverage. When it comes to NBA draft betting, what are the different um, the different laws in place or regulations in place for the different states that bettors have to keep an eye out on? I mean, too many to mention. I mean, it varies from every individual state, so it depends on where you are, whether you can even bet on it or not. Certain states require us to pull it down 24 hours in advance. We saw in the NFL draft for the first time we were allowed to carry it through to during the event uh, this past season. I, I actually haven't spoken to anybody about whether or not that's permissible this time around. It tends to leak a little bit earlier in the NBA. Uh, so I guess that would be a small concern. So uh, we wait and see, but you know we're doing the best we can in terms of what we're permitted to do in a state-by-state -state basis, whether or not it's just the event or draft positions and players to go in X position, I think are are uh, the, the main markets that I think you can get everywhere where uh, draft betting is permissible. Yeah, John, you got to look out for those Woj bombs leading up to Thursday and that NBA yeah. draft. And even within the first round, he's not allowed to leak picks anymore by his, empl his employer, but he can say the Detroit Pistons intend on taking Cade Cunningham with the first <laughs> overall pick. So, John, when it comes to the NBA draft versus the NFL draft, how have you seen the handle differ? I'm sure there's not as much action on the NBA draft, but what does that look like on the FanDuel Sportsbooks? Yeah, I think the NFL one, the way that they do it, the kind of frenzy that surrounds it. Uh, obviously, we had as much of a prohibitive favorite as we do in the NBA with Kate Cunningham this time around. I would say for sure the NFL one is in greater demand, but the NBA one is an interesting one. It's pretty level after you go beyond Kate Cunningham, similar to what we saw, and it wouldn't surprise me to see you know, moves for or against uh, number two and three picks like we did in the football one for sure. Major League Baseball also underway. We're getting closer to the trade deadline. How much are you keeping a close eye, or what's a team that you're keeping a close eye on to see maybe they could make a big move at the deadline that could help catapult them in the odds? I mean, I don't really have a team specifically that we're keeping an eye on. Obviously, we try and consume and keep across everything that's breaking and what teams need. Uh, we saw it last year with the Yankees and the pitching staff and you know, it wouldn't surprise me to see similar moves for other teams this time around, particularly those that have positioned themselves well, like the Astros or the Red Sox in particular. Um, so maybe those two out of all of them. But like I said, more general uh, viewing from our perspective to keep across breaking news as it breaks and seeing who can make a you know, meaningful difference in their chances of winning uh, the World Series. John, Shohei Otani is still the heavy odds-on favorite to win the American League MVP, but I still think probably a, a pretty public guy. Are you taking any action in those player future markets at the moment? Yeah, I mean, we already built up um, a lot of <laughs> a lot of liability around Otani. I think it's been well-deserved, and the public jumped on that train nice and early. You know, you hear me every week saying this can't continue at the rate that he's going, and yet it continues, so... I like the way that you prompt me into making a fool of myself every Monday morning here. But, uh, yeah, we continue to see some interest in Otani, uh, even at the prohibitive odds, like you said, because, you know, it's getting ever, ever closer to where he's, you know, basically home and host. We're not here to make you look bad, John. We're just here to explain to better. I can do that on my own, like Ariel. <laughs> we want the betters to feel good as they're watching you because it's always a win if they could say, hey, we pulled one over on the Vandal Sportsbook. I understand, though, Otani was scary. He's pitching, too. He's a two-way player, and those blisters on his hand always arise at some point in the year for the last couple of seasons. Otani to win MVP, 50-1 to preseason, currently the favorite. 
a lot of betters probably happy if they jumped on it early enough. John Jiren, Director of Training at the FanDuel Sportsbook. Thanks for joining us. And we're getting closer to football season, so I hope you're catching up on some sleep. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Coming up next, we are going to have our Fade the Public poll. We're going to talk more uh, here on the morning after. Up until noon Eastern time, we've got you covered. With Ben Stevens, I'm Ariel Epstein. So much breaking news today. So much NFL talk to get to. I love that we are here in the NFL season. And we're getting so close. And Hard Knocks is going to start soon. Whenever Hard Knocks starts, that's when I know we are here. It's it. It's the NFL season. A lot of news to get to. We're going to talk about the best team in the NFL coming up next in our poll. You're listening here on Sirius XM Channel 204, the Sports Grid Network. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Closing out hour number one here on the morning after on Sports Grid. You're listening on Sirius XM Channel 204 with Ben Stevens. I'm Ariel Epstein. Let's get to our poll. It's time for Fade the Public. For the poll today, we're talking about the best team in the NFL. Who's your team that you would bet on to finish the NFL regular season with the best record? The Chiefs have the best odds on FanDuel plus 450. The Bucks second best odds at 6-1. to one, And the Bills third best odds at 10-1. to one. You could also write in your own. No surprise here that the Chiefs got all the love. The Chiefs getting just under 44% of the public action. Ben, are you fading the public that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to have the best regular season record in the NFL? I cannot. 44% of you are very wise people because, Ariel, I think I've made this clear now. I'm a big Kansas City Chiefs fan. It dates back to my days as a younger lad growing up in the greater Los Angeles area when there was no NFL team there. And the teams that left, my parents weren't fans of. So I was a Chiefs fan growing up because of Priest Holmes. From the tender age of six, I have remained that way now for over two decades. So I have to agree with the public here. As much as I would like to be non-public Ben and fade the public, I cannot right now. So I have to agree with the public. The Chiefs at plus 450 to have the best regular season record, I think, makes sense. If you want to talk value, however, the Buffalo Bills at 10 to 1. Plus 1,000, I think have great value because the AFC East a little bit down this year. The Bills team win total at 11. I think they can go over that. So a 12-5, and 13-4 season with 17 games to be played. I don't mind that margin at all for the Buffalo Bills. Good value on Buffalo. I don't know about you if you're listening. What I got out of that segment is that Ben Stevens is going to have the most biased and unreliable source of information in the NFL. So we cannot listen to his advice because he's a Chiefs fan and he still believes that the Chiefs are going to have the best record in the NFL. Listen, I'm not saying you're crazy. I'm just saying you're biased. I'm going with the Bills. 10 to 1, baby. Let's go, Buffalo. The AFC East, very bad. Hour number two coming up next here on the morning after you're listening on Sirius XM channel 204 with Ben Stevens. I'm Ariel Epstein. We've got you covered until noon Eastern time here on the grid.
Remember the good old days before you found us, got the winning edge, and started winning? Neither do we. Thank God.